there, you're listening to the Park Rush Podcast. This is a Thing Park Podcast. I'm Tom. Joining me, as ever, is Josh. Hello there. Hello there, Josh. How's it going? Very good, thank you. Yourself? I'm well, I'm well. Did you enjoy the return of the retro Park Rush theme tune? Completely intentional. I, I did, yeah. Been, Fantastic. Uh, I've been missing it a little bit, I have to say. Yeah. Well, I hope life's been well, Josh. Did you enjoy all the uh, incredible Park Rush content from Seville that had nothing to do with theme parks whatsoever? Yes. I mean, I wasn't lucky enough to go to Seville, but uh, I was very much enjoying all of the content that came back from there. It was uh, warming, to say you, the very least. You felt like you were there. Yeah, I did. Yeah, pretending I was uh, in the lovely sunshine. I'm curious to hear what you thought about the footage I posted on the Twitter and I think the Instagram of what I said was a street that had strong Universal Studios vibes. Do, do you agree or is my brain simply broken? No, I, I fully get what you're talking about. Yeah, it very much felt like, um, I don't know, what is it, like a Museum of Antiquities, is it, in of the Mummy Ride? Had that similar sort of vibe, 100% uh, Universal vibes going on around there. I even thought the like the architecture of the other buildings and almost like the, it's even like the color scheme of like the lampposts and the pavement and you know, occasionally you'd have a tram go by. I think in the clip I posted, a police car went by at one point, which in my mind were the Blues Brothers. <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So it was it was weird it was something that struck me very quickly i just thought i've been i've been here before sam and old man on a bike that's um doc brown yeah <laughs> yeah so well i'm glad i'm not the only one I, I would encourage anyone to seek out this footage and you can decide too if your brain is broken or not i guess uh, and see whether you, you think it, it looks like Universal. Unfortunately, Seville's actual theme park, which I, I would absolutely have visited, of course, called Isla Magica, which I'm reliably informed by the tour bus I went on, translates to Magic Island, was closed because it is seasonal, so I could not go. So maybe I'll have to go back to Seville. Euro Rush 2, Josh. Uh Yes, uh, Spanish Boogaloo. We do like the second tier. No no offence intended, but the second tier of European theme parks. So we do we do Gardaland, we do Port Ventura. And, and then to be fair, after that, you're probably looking at like a third tier where you're then looking at Magic Island and uh, what else is around. Is, uh, park Asterix, stuff like park that. Park Asterix, yeah, well... Yeah, but is Park Asterix actually, uh, you know, a tier above, Tom? You reckon it's a tier above? You think that's a tier two, do you? Maybe, you know. Uh, could be argued, I reckon. I think the argument that it could make to be in tier two, well, this is a throwback, isn't it? Who should be in tier one? Who should be in tier two? <laughs> How much COVID is there? Can you go to the, the other theme park if you're in a tier two theme park? <laughs> uh. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Anyway, uh Something that might strengthen the case uh, of Park Asterix being a tier two theme park, Josh, is a new roller coaster. Hell yeah. Yeah, we've got a new 
new roller coaster coming to Park Asterix in France. This one's significant because it is going to be the fastest roller coaster in France. It's an Intamin launch coaster called Tutatis. I'm going to go with this. Reckon that's reckon yeah, that's on that point. Sounds, sounds pretty good. So this features multiple launches, a top hat, a la Velocicoaster, and a spike. Love a spike. Uh, it's going to be over three and three and a half thousand feet long. Uh, a one hundred and one degree drop, and a top speed of sixty six and a half miles per hour. It's been compared to Pantheon. At Bush Gardens, Williamsburg. Are you yes. familiar with that at all? I must say that is that was not, not one I am there when I went. I think it opened last year, but yes. I must admit I I'm not very in tune with the Bush Gardens, Williamsburg scene, so I've not seen anything of Pantheon. I just wondered if you had. No, unfortunately, it passed me by that one. Alas, yeah. alas. Is Park Asterix the one where? they get weirdly into character and it's almost a it's almost like a, a larping thing park is that no that is, that is park asterix um that is the other one that is um uh, oh yeah one that uh, your friend of mine poo de foo uh, yes, Quag it's the one that uh, your friend of mine, P.Y. Jabot, wanted to base uh, the UK's Disney World on. Oh, yes, of course. So, what, Poire de Foire? Yes. Right. It's a friend of the show, Coach Purton. Has he not been to Poire de Foire? I have vague memories of him emailing the show some years ago about uh, a visit to Poire de Foire. Tom Purton of and the Under the Cosh podcast. Uh, yes, he uh, he definitely has. Is the Under the Cosh podcast still going? I, <laughs> I say that like I'm looking down on it when look at me here do, <laughs> doing a podcast <laughs> to about 12 people like I'm big time. Uh, no, I think that they've, uh, they're on a hiatus at the moment. Still, doing, still right. doing some bits on the UTC uh, Instagram, but... Uh, yeah, no, no, no podcast at the moment. Sounds like the way to go, to be honest. <laughs> Increasingly, <laughs> right. just throw some stuff on Instagram when you can. Otherwise, you're good. But yeah, uh, so yeah, Euro Rush too, Josh. Like I say, what do you reckon? Uh, Park Asterix, Puy de Fou, uh, Gardaland, Port Ventura, Magic Island. There you go. This the what a road trip this is. This is that's big time. That's uh, it's we're a bit going intense, all over. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a bit intense. Potential for excellent weather, though. Oh, yeah, 100%. Be uh, uh, excellent weather all round, I think. Yeah. Well, you know, we've got some other trips to sort out first, I suppose. But I, I've, yeah. I've got a bit of a theme park craving. I feel ready for a theme park. It's been almost three months since I was in a theme park. I could do a theme park right now. I could do a theme park, uh, yeah, anytime uh, between now and, and whenever. <laughs> Before death takes me, I could do a theme park. <laughs> yeah. Maybe one. Good to know. It's <laughs> a, a good stance to take when you do a thing part podcast. I, I, I would say. Yeah. I mean, um, I'd, I'd, I'd go. go. I'd go tomorrow if I could get the holiday for it. But. Uh, mm. Yeah. Well, you know, get some holidays sorted, and we'll sort out a trip. But April first, my holiday rolls around, and I'm ready to go. Oh, excellent! Well, there you go, everyone. Exclusive. We will be going to Abu Dhabi at some point after April. You heard it here first. Hell yeah. There you go. Well, uh, Tutatis is going to open this year. It's testing. So we will wait and see 
uh, when that emerges. Moving on, and the rest of our fantastic assortment of news is all stateside. Josh, do you want to run through some quick Disney hits first? Shall we do that? Yeah. So we've got San Francisco, uh, the new area at Disney California Adventure, themed to uh, Big Hero 6, the uh, re-theme of the Pacific Wharf area. We've spoken about this on the podcast uh, a few times before. Now we know that this is going to open in the summer. We hesitate to put too much stock in Disney concept art. We've been burned a few times on that front. But, you know, it looks promising. It looks promising. And I really like Big Hero 6, and I'm in favour, even how many years removed from Big Hero 6 now, I'm in favour of of Big Hero 6 having a grander presence at just about any Disney park. So I'm, I'm pleased for California Adventure that it's getting some Big Hero 6 love. What do you think of these images these new images that we've got uh yeah i i think it, the artwork is really nice san francisco is a kind of a cool vibe that kind of uh cross um you know asian american vibe it was good fun in big hero six and i think there's a big hero seven coming out so is there mm. yeah oh no there's big, all sorts big of weird hero disney sequels coming out episode of big hero six the series apparently oh I I was oh, I became aware earlier when I was just looking through upcoming cinema releases and ended up scrolling for way too long. Ended up in like 2025 or something, and it, and it really just hammers home how corporate uh, corporate decisions drive the cinema industry. Clearly, everyone knows that to be the case anyway, but you you don't quite realise how cynical it truly is until you go a few years ahead on IMDb and see listings like untitled Taika Waititi Star Wars film, which already has a date, you know, of December 19th, 2025 or something, even though there's no script, there's no nothing, no one knows anything about it, but it's already been penciled in in this sort of marketable release slot. Uh, And then there's a, a new Lion King film called... Mufasa's something or other. Presumably it's going to be one of those freaky, uncanny valley. This basically looks like a nature documentary, but we're going to make the animals talk. That kind of film, which, you know, worked so well last time. I mean, it depressingly did make an absolute ton of money, even though it was one of the worst films I think I've ever seen. Certainly one of the worst remakes I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, There you go. I, I, uh, I never actually watched The Lion King. Uh, the remake. Uh, turns out, Tom, uh, the sequel, quote unquote, sequel to uh, Big Hero Six is a series called Baymax on Disney Plus. Oh, nice! I, I didn't know there was a Big Hero Six series. Maybe I should yeah, check that it's out. Been out since June last year, twenty twenty two. Yeah, I would. I would encourage anyone to go and check out this concept art. They've got the nice, you know, their sort of scaled down version of the Golden Gate Bridge from the film. Uh, which acts as kind of your route into San Francisco Square. I like that. Obviously, I'm sure there's going to be a, a Baymax meet and greet as well. Uh, and then you're going to have some food and, and beverage options as well, including a beer garden. Oh. So hopefully, you know, this concept art is pretty close to reality. And 
it will uh, it will prove its worth when it opens in the summer. Yeah, for so sure. I'll be looking forward to seeing some footage mm. and getting over there at some point. Yeah. Um, there we go. It's been a while since I've been to uh, Disneyland California, so it'll be good to uh, get back at some point, I think. Well, I can exclusively reveal that we will go at some point after April 2023. <laughs> <laughs> Exclusive. You've heard it here first. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, just before we hit the next quick story, Josh, does this entice you at all? I've got a synopsis here for Mufasa, The Lion King, oh, no. which is the name of the film. <laughs> <laughs> Mufasa, colon, The Lion King. I, oh, wow. How long did you take yeah. coming Come up on, with that? Come on, guys. And it sounds like a scene from The Office. You know, <laughs> Steve Carell at some point just goes, I've got it. I'll do. Yeah. yeah. Um. So Simba having become king of the Pride Lands, yep. is determined for his cub to follow in his paw prints while the origins of his late father Mufasa are explored. There you go. Uh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Sounds lame. So, it's directed, though, by Barry Jenkins, who did Moonlight and uh, If Beale Street Could Talk. Uh, oh, okay. So it's not, not John Favreau, so... Oh, thank God. That's potentially potentially interesting i suppose but anyway there you go i wonder if they'll get ai to voice me faster like they did to darth vader <laughs> yeah maybe right this final little bit of disney no it's not the final bit. the penultimate bit of little disney news we've got here is and this again relates to disney's california adventure that a real life version of rogers the musical coming to the park's hyperion theater so this is like the fake Broadway show from the Marvel Hawkeye series on Disney Plus, which, if people don't remember, came out, I guess at this point, Christmas before last, right? So Christmas 2021, this came out, Hawkeye. And during that series, there is a Broadway show going on, which turns the events of the first Avengers film into a campy sing-along spectacular it's pretty good fun. It's probably one of the better things about Hawkeye. And I think people said at the time, hey, they should totally do this for real in the parks. My question is, if it's good, do they uh, do they bring it to Broadway and the West End? The Orchard Theatre in Dartford, chomping at the bit for a <laughs> production of this scale. Uh, if it's a hit, does it come to the West End? Well, you may be, yeah, because obviously we've had it had it done the other way around before you know things like the lion king have been yep. scaled down from broadway to theme parks could a theme park show go the other way interesting question but one would assume interesting questions that here. they might aim for christmas right to to have this to have this ready i, I don't know anything about theater productions so i don't know how feasible that is but if they're teasing it now I guess the sort of Christmas 2023 isn't completely out of the question. I mean, I'm only suggesting that Christmas makes sense because of the time of year that Hawkeye was set. But of course, it, it doesn't. There's nothing about the show in Hawkeye that is Christmassy, so that doesn't doesn't need to to hit Christmas. But maybe that will just give you some idea of when we might see this kind of late 2023 if they can turn it around by then. Yeah, do you reckon? Do you reckon it comes? Sort of at the same time as maybe a second series of Hawkeye? Well, I don't know if Jeremy Renner's going to be in a fit state to do any Hawkeye for a little while. He obviously had that horrible accident with the snowplow. Yes. Yeah, that's true. I don't know either, by the way, if a Hawkeye series two was even something that was in the works 
before that happened. It seemed to me like uh, Hawkeye yeah. was more almost like a goodbye to Hawkeye and a hello to what's her face? Um Hayley Steinfeld. I think she's just gonna be Hawkeye much like um Sam is now Captain America, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I guess I guess I think that's the case. Yeah. I mean they'll all come back um, at some point anyways. You know, if people start to tune out at all of Marvel, then they will just break glass in emergency and give all the money to Robert Downey and Chris Evans and Jeremy Renner and everyone else yeah. to come back and be like, look, look, look. There's always rumours that uh, Iron Man's coming back, Tony Stark's coming back, I should say. Yeah, it's just to undo all the emotional stakes of Endgame. Yeah, and, and with it, completely uh, get rid of any sense of threat in the universe if it ever existed yeah that's the worst thing about corporate driven movie making decisions is when you undermine the success of a previous release because you're terrified of the consequences of your next thing not just doing the same thing that the successful one did before yeah. You know, we've seen it with Star Wars, and if we start to see it with original Avengers crew, despite killing some of them off or writing some of them out in elegant ways, then that will be a bummer. Anyway, you know what does, I think, seem to have better visual effects than Ant-Man, from what I've seen, is... Oh, what would that be? The holographic Walt Disney at the Disney 100 exhibition at the Franklin oh, yeah. Institute in Philadelphia. This isn't really anything to do with theme parks necessarily. This is, as I just said, it's an exhibition in Philadelphia. It's not at a theme park. It's to celebrate 100 years of Disney. But this technology that they've used to, quote-unquote, bring Walt to life, I guess is not dissimilar to things we've seen in the parks before, but at the same time seems more advanced to me. So ILM worked on this alongside some other sort of internal Disney kind of research uh, and development divisions. And mm. it's a life-sized digital hologram of Walt Disney in his, uh, as a younger, a younger version of Walt Disney. It looks really good and really creepy in equal, equal measure. It, it's in that kind of uncanny valley where it looks almost too good. I, uh, I, I 100% agree. And I think, not to bring it back to uh, Marvel, but I will, uh, there's that scene in Civil War where... Uh, Tony Stark is walking around a scene uh, from his past where he's talking to his dad and it kind of looks like that a little bit to me. I see what you're getting at there. The exhibition um, itself sounds cool. It's something that I would love to check out, but um, I'm not going to go all the yeah, way to Philadelphia uh, for it. Looks like it's got um, Space Mountain, two-seater thing. Uh, it's got a... Um, Peter Pan ship. Yeah, the ride yeah, vehicles, cool. you mean. Mm. Yeah, the ride vehicles, sorry, yeah. Um, Matterhorn bobsleds filming from the Nautilus from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Model of the Cinderella Castle. I, I, it, something like this, I think, would be perfect for Disney Springs. You know, just a permanent, almost museum. A Disney yeah. World museum where you can just walk around and, you know, see relics from old rides or... You know, you can put mm. stuff in there that throws ahead to what's to come as well. I, I just you think of all the crap that I forget what's in there now, but you know the the thing that used to be the Virgin Megastore and then became was it like a Princess Diana exhibition at some point and then oh was it th- wow. there was like an NBA uh, and then you had Disney Quest which became the NBA thing. I forget 
what was what and what became what and what it is now. But you've had so many just weird, you know, yeah. uh, weird attempts, I guess, to keep with the times and and almost outthink the guest in terms of what might be a an engaging and, and an attractive attraction when yeah. you know don't overthink it just i, I just feel like a, a permanent walt disney world museum of some description in disney springs would be great and you'd probably i guess they'd probably charge for it and i i think a lot of people would be more than happy to to within reason pay up to visit something like that i, I think that would be really cool and and would make more sense to be there than with all due respect to Philadelphia, having it in Philadelphia. <laughs> Philadelphia, uh, yeah. I, I think that would be a, a really cool thing to have. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're right there. And I think, you know, it's sort of like a, a better version of uh, One Man's Dream, in a sense, right? Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, I think that would be really good. Yeah, that, that's exactly what it, it, it what the pitch would be, isn't it? Is it yeah, let's just do One Man's Dream, but do it justice and properly and stick it in disney springs yeah i think that would be really good final two things so just to mark this really because you know there's only so much we can say from a distance about a new theme park attraction new theme park area we'll we'll try and get somebody on the show uh, maybe one of the friends of the show to come on and talk about super nintendo world which is opened now at universal studios hollywood of course, America's first Nintendo World. It's been in Japan for a couple of years now. And they're in the process of expanding the one in Japan and bringing the Donkey Kong coaster to that version of the land. This yep. version of the land is very much in keeping with the Japan version as it is now. So you get the Mario Kart ride, you get the Yoshi ride, you get the Toad Cafe, all that stuff. But, I mean, to me, it's just an opportunity to reinforce how great i think this land looks like the attention to detail is absolutely brilliant it's very much in keeping with the work universal have done on their other highly themed lands over the last sort of decade obviously all the harry potter stuff especially and ultimately epic universe is going to be a i guess amalgamation in the ultimate sort of resolution of everything that Nintendo, uh, everything Universal have done and learned by working on all these individual new lands over the last 10, 15 years and putting Mm. all that to work in one entirely new theme park, which of course will have a Nintendo world, the biggest one that you'll have anywhere in the world. That to me is what's most exciting about Super Nintendo world in a way is what it means for Epic Universe. But also in its own right, this looks like a really good, land and and hopefully i will as we've said we we would love to go to california to do the disney parks equally love to go there to do the universal parks and and i i I hope i will have the opportunity to do some version of nintendo world before epic universe which of course is still not until 2025 but glad this is open looks good yeah it does look really cool um and you know got to get out to uh, japan tom yep Indeed. What do you think is happening first, Josh? California or Japan? Mm. Japan? Oh, really? Interesting. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it, I, it keeps flip-flopping in my head, Tom. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. California must be cheaper, right? Or is it? Not, is that a very naive thing to say? I don't know. 
Uh, I don't know if it is cheap, uh, particularly. Oh, right. Okay. Um, Fine. Yeah. You can kind of get some good deals with, like, the trains and things like that. I like um, trains. In in Japan, whereas, you know, you can't, in, in the US, and you've got tipping culture and mm. everything going on like that. Whereas in Japan, you can get relatively, you can get good food for fairly cheap if you know where to look and... Um, they don't have a tipping culture, so... Excellent. Perfect. Well, yeah, uh, it seems to have gone down very well, this version of Nintendo World. There were people queuing to get in on the first day from 4am, which is intense. Uh, wow. Shigeru Miyamoto, the uh, sort of creator of Mario, uh, was yeah. there, which is, which is nice. I read a really nice interview with him, actually, where he has been very involved with the design of the Nintendo worlds and is really enjoying it because it sort of goes back to his uh, sort of early work in engineering, sort of before he mm. even got into video games. So he's taking a lot of what he learned in his very early career and reapplying it, um, which cool. is, is really cool. I mean, that must be awesome for a guy who is, you know, in kind of the twilight of his of his professional career at this point, you would say, and he's been able to completely kind of reinvent himself, I suppose, and uh, what he has been prioritizing, and the way he engages with his creations. And they've done a they've done a bang up job on this, as I say. The attention to detail looks absolutely phenomenal. And Nintendo just strike me as a company who are very protective and conservative about their own output, let alone agreeing to let others work with it. So I think as soon as this deal was announced, knowing that about Nintendo should have made it very obvious to everyone that this was going to be really good because if it was anything other than that, they wouldn't have signed up to it. So it's not a surprise that it's turned out as well as it has, but nonetheless, it's really awesome that it has turned out to be so awesome. And um, as I say, really looking forward to checking out Nintendo World in some form over the next year or two yeah same it should uh yeah it's gonna be so it looks really cool uh love a bit of mario kart so uh yeah looking forward to it the last thing i have here on my list is kind of a crossover disney universal story and an opportunity to take shots at both of them i would suggest so it was announced, this was actually before I went to Seville. This is a couple of weeks old, this story, but I thought it was worth just touching on. Universal Orlando announced that it's going to raise its starting rate for its cast members to $17 an hour. So that's up from $15 an hour. And this is going to start on the 4th of June. This is going to put Universal ahead of Disney, who uh, have offered a $1 an hour pay rise to their cast members, the starting rate, which would take them up to 17 as well, I believe. So Universal, with this being in place now or, you know, prospectively in place, uh, that will put them above Disney. Disney want to do the same, but the, the cast members have rejected that and more power to them because I think a dollar pay rise in any context is just kind of insulting, to be honest. Uh, but when it's when it's to take your pay up to... 17 bucks an hour which to me anyway whilst that puts it above the uh, you know working salary the minimum salary uh, in the UK for example I, I just don't see really how that is enough for anyone to comfortably live on and I just think that the amount of 
work that a Thing Park cast member gets through, no matter what level you're working at, and the amount of pressure on you to make other people's day better and the best it can be, and the amount of absolute crap you might take from the public in your attempts to do that means that, you know, they are worth, in my mind, more than what either of these companies are putting up. Uh, and, you know, clearly Universal have, have got this in place now. Disney, for me, you know, should be using this as an opportunity to blow the Universal offer out of the water and be like, yo, we think we're the premier thing park destination in Florida and we're going to put our money where our mouth is and actually prove that by paying the cast members a rate which is consistent with how we view our own parks which is that they're the best absolutely uh you know i think uh the mit has like a calculator that calculates kind of living wage in all the regions uh uh or in the states i should say uh, cities and orlando it comes out to 18 dollars 64 an hour is the living wage required so uh, neither of them have even made that mark yet it's a disgrace, really, isn't it? And look, I know it doesn't work like this. You can't, you know, it's a false equivalence, really, to say they charge more than this for a hat. <laughs> you know, my, I bought a Universal Studios hat last year. It's a really nice hat. I bought two of them, and I think it was $30. Yeah. You know, like, there are Funko Pops that cost more than you're paying your staff. Oh, right. On that note, Josh, I think that's everything. <laughs> great what a way to end what a way to end thank you very much for listening to this week's Park Rush podcast I guess a bit of a throwback just sort of spitballed and we'll be back next week with more in the meantime you can keep up with the show on the socials you can find all of those at links.parkrush.com if you want to get in touch with the show for next week the best way to do that is to tweet us at Park Rush podcast or email us podcast at parkrush.com that's going to do it. Stay safe and take it easy out there. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. See ya. See ya.